the actual mm. question is really, why don't people engage with the person in front of them? Critical argument isn't standing up, a standing up fist fight. Anyway, ask me that question again because I got distracted by that. <laughs> is it is something you just had to get out right? If that, yeah. <laughs> if that isn't one of the bombs, then then definitely yeah. we're, we're, you, you, you're not doing your job properly. Today we're going to explore some new perspectives and views and hopefully we'll all evolve into more rounded people. This is the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast and today's question is from uh, somebody who's asked a question before in Colorado in the US. Uh, you ever been to the US? What, what's your favourite state? Let us know. Well, what, what's your, why is it your favourite state in the US? I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabbot. My job is getting people out into nature as many ways as possible and my challenge today is still trying to find time to write you know we really need if you're a writer you really need to sort of say right this time of day on this day this is my writing time and protect it William Mankello is my co-host what's he famous for um, I'm famous for not very much actually no <laughs> I'm a photographer I always say this and actually mm. as a photographer myself I was talking about this recently about a challenge of how um, how I've began to see my photography as being very different in a very different way you know how I, I i think photography has really been my thing for the last 10 years but i i've felt myself really moving away from it i still photograph i still get my camera out but it's nowhere near as much as i did maybe two or three years ago i think or even last year mm. so my challenge is to, to to understand that that change I, um, I'm, I'm definitely doing a lot more presentation talking about things uh do a live show every week uh, talk about this every 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 episode, don't I? Uh, Facebook.com mm. forward slash shot at an angle. It's going to expand in 2022, um, but I'm going to use my skills as a photographer to 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 help develop that that side of of, of my of my creativity. Mm. Um, that's my challenge in a way, I suppose. But we've got a question, as you say, from Den. It's Denny in Colorado. Yeah. I think this is his second yeah. question potentially. So yeah, he's back again. So thank you very much, Denny, for your question. Shall I go through that question straight away, Stuart? Yeah, might as well go on. It, we'll, uh, we're, we're, this won't be a debate. It will just be like a, a, a meandering conversation. What we guarantee you is real discussions, real opinions, authentic views, no scripts, off the cuff. Go ahead, William. Yeah, and we, we, we explore it in this sort of... We, we have some preparation, but often there is... You know, we just go straight into the question because we want it to be our pretty honest opinions um, and our speaking our truths as they are now. So the question we've got right in front of us here is climate protesters are, are too often dismissed as people who should go back to work or comments are made that the benefit system is paying too well, allowing people to protest. Protesters are either privileged white middle class or stinking soap dodging dropout, dropouts. I remember you actually lining this question up, Stuart. Why don't people engage with the person in front of them? See why they've really been moved to protest. Does this mean the critics have lost their lost the argument? Are climate crisis deniers really deniers? Or scared to face what's really before us? There's two sections to that question, isn't there? So the first part for me is why don't people get... I'll, the actual mm. question is really why don't people engage with the person in front of them? Is it because we are too, we're so entrenched in our own point of view that we we actually just see them as a as as a, an opinion or a, a a specific stereotype in front of them or a threat or a threat a threat yeah 
but a stereotype in the sense of, or you're, you're, if you're an activist, then you must be this. Um, mm. It's quite interesting how, you know, that you can you can make an assertion. I've seen, I've seen, I saw an interview recently where somebody made an assertion, and the interviewer came back with, actually, that's not true. Here's the reason why. And they didn't really have any way of actually. They were so entrenched in that view. They they were like, well, actually, well, I can't. I can't even come back with that. They didn't even answer that question. Mm. And somebody else jumped in to sort of try and save them because yeah. they had no comeback. I'm just having a quick read through of this again. Um, protesters are too often dismissed. I think it's a complete irrelevant to the the subject matter if they are on benefits and using their money to protest or they should go back to work or they are soap dodging dropouts. I think that's a that, that that's a complete irrelevance to the, the the issue being raised by the protesters. And if you disagree with the protesters, it is irrelevant to your counter argument to the protesters. Dropping as we always say, personal insults, it's just sort of like just clinging on for life. You've got nothing to add. But um, yeah, I agree with what, that absolutely. Wh- wh- why don't people engage with the person in front of them? I think you went through a number of reasons. It's fear. It, it, it's fear of admitting that we're wrong. It's fear of actually having to change ourselves. It's fear of the unknown. It's an inability to be able to verbalize um, intellectually and have a, have a conversation because critical argument isn't standing up a standing up fist fight. In an academic sense, that's just uh, when you're having a debate, you're arguing for or against. But you're not you're not killing each other. But, I mean, in daily life, we seem to... I think it's a habit we drop into. It's maybe a lack of education on all our parts. I don't know. I, th- I, think, but, I think it could be down to the fact that we often... As, as human beings, we often try and find the, the the easiest way forward with things, and don't necessarily want to try. You know, I think an easy way forward is to moan and complain and to be depressed. Yeah, it, as we've said before, it takes effort and it's hard to be positive. If you've never tried it before, anything is hard, right? And actually, positivity mm. is hard. You need to, with my own experience of positivity and negativity, is to. Try and introduce some form of positivity into your day, daily, daily life. Mm. Um, I know, Stuart, you face you face a, a heck of a lot of physical and mental struggles, don't you? But I mean, how do you yeah. how, how do you get positivity into your day? That's a good question because I think I think you're you, you're probably in a, not in a better place, but your struggles are a little ha- are hard, you know. Quite often uh, we talk about this, <laughs> we talk about this a lot off and not off air, don't we? Yeah. The, 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 I, I, this might sound a little bit frivolous, but as you were talking now, I was thinking, what was one of the hardest things in my life um, to, to, to do? And one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is uh, when I was a kid, I dropped a, a, a Turkish delight down the toilet. And I try and get that flushed away. Yeah, those things float. No amount of water is going to get away, push that down that toilet. So after that, I, I sort of think everything else is plain sailing. <laughs> so yeah, you try dropping a Turkish delight down the toilet. Those things don't go anywhere. Anyway, ask me that question again because I got distracted by that. Is it it's something you just had to get out, right? If that, yeah. if that isn't one of the bongs, then then definitely yeah. we're, we're, you, you, you're not doing your job properly. <laughs> so you know, with the physical and, men- and the mental difficulties you face on a regular basis, how do you, what's 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 one tip you can give to remain positive? Because I think 
we're going away from the question here, but we will come back to it as we always do. But mm. I think it definitely feeds into this whole thing of, you know, how you see somebody in front of you and um, that negativity is the easiest path, isn't it? That actually mm. positivity, you know, if you actually spoke positively to somebody, who, no matter who they are, mm. it probably ends up with a better conversation. Yeah. Uh, tip for be positive with what I've faced or I still face. I don't know. I, I'm... That, that, that is a real moment-by-moment moment challenge. So the tip would be just just because you've been positive five minutes ago doesn't mean you're going to be positive now or in the next five minutes. So have the resolve to just keep, keep trying. I mean, I wouldn't say at this point in time there's very much positivity. Um, I'm surviving on positive habits mm. that I've got, but I wouldn't say there's very much positivity. If I could stop the world and jump off right now, I would. I can only answer that as honestly as possible. At this point in time, just focus on each point in time. So, but the last, go on. Oh, you go, you go. You can make a point. I was just going to say the last part of Dennis' uh, uh, question, but you carry on. Uh, just, just let draw, draw close to the because there's two mm. questions in this. So, yeah. why don't people engage with the person in front of them? Let's just make that more personal and ask the question yourself. Why don't I engage with the person in front of me? I, I, I often think of how. Um, having worked in the service industry for quite a lot of my time, a lot of my life, um, I understand what it feels like to serve somebody and be subservient to somebody. And mm. actually how um, how they deal with you is actually, mm, I can understand, I think I, I, what I'm saying is I can understand sort of like how you're sort of put into this sort of like mm. pigeonhole of you're this sort of person. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually a, ma- a matter of, seeing the person in front of you and actually treating them like how you want to be treated, mm. which is really obvious, right? So mm. the next time you're getting a coffee in a coffee shop, make eye contact with the person that you're serving, they're serving you, smile and, and say thank you. You know, it's mm. often that simple because then that, that simple exercise will lead on to other things. If you do that on a regular basis, it becomes a positive, a positive mm. action. If you are one of these people who struggle to engage positively with protesters maybe just ask a different question and that question could be what what denny raises here why have they been moved to protest and then you have a, a real conversation not about each other's points of view and how they differ you're getting to know that other person and does that mean uh, people criticizing protesters does that mean the critics have lost their argument maybe but I also think maybe they don't have a strong enough argument, so the best form of defence is attack. Maybe yeah. they, they're they just not eloquent enough to, to do anything apart from just revert to the Neanderthal you know, traits that we all have got within us. As Denny says in his last part of his question, are climate crisis deniers really deniers, or are they really too to face what's really before us? I'd like to have a group on of climate crisis deniers who would be willing to explore themselves with us without feeling that they're under attack and actually find that out. Yeah, I would I would say that if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you probably realise, especially when we have a guest on, that it's not about it's never about attacking the individual, never about it, it never about it's um, it's all more all about unpacking the the point of view. Or the mm. or, or the assertions, or which mm. is actually intrinsically part of somebody, but you're making it more abstract, you're making it more mm. separate. I think that as far as losing the argument is probably a, not a good way of looking at things. Anyway, there is no, mm. 
win or lose it's just a it's a, it's trying to find some sort of middle ground and understanding mm. um we always talk about that middle ground don't we um mm. we actually had a com- had a question many 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 months back about you know about the middle ground didn't we if you remember mm. but you know yeah. our climate crisis denies really denies all the scared to face that what's really before us yeah maybe but it could also be that they just they, they they're denying it because they they're in their they're, they're entrenched mm. in that view we, we could sit here and say yeah they are scared but actually the, 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 that's an assertion the, 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 that's a judgment yeah you know come on if you if you are a, a climate crisis denier and you're not scared or you are scared come on and invite yourself and be a guest and explore this with us we want to explore this we don't want to rip you apart we just want to explore it uh, and uh yeah this ties into another uh, mini series we, we we're trying to do called Beyond Stereotypes, and we've recently we've been talking about this for a long time. We've recently had to just drop the original model we were developing on that because it just wasn't working, and uh, we've had to delete all that material. Um, very good material, but we just didn't have uh, a cohesive group to take it forward. We're actually going to be re- re- revisiting the Beyond Stereotypes mini series which is about getting beginning to learn the process of seeing the person behind the stereotype behind the mask it, would you say so yeah. it's like you have this behind the mask yeah behind this mask of what you think what somebody is uh, a label a, a, a label yeah and it's we live by labels we live by pigeonholes mm. i think that's how we with as humans operate because mm. and, and labels and pigeonholes in a way are, are are very useful in certain circumstances you know it's good to label mm. somebody as a firefighter you know as a fire mm. firefighter it's good to label somebody as a police officer it's good to label somebody mm. as a shop worker because when you walk into a mm. shop you want to know mm. who you can ask right but yeah. in other ways like activists you can mm. label them and negatively label them and go you can negatively label a climate closest denier just because they don't agree with you as well yeah, what was the... Who, was it Reginald? Yeah, from Kidlington. That's it, yeah. Um, and I would like, you know, when, when I listen back to that, I, I'd like to... I, I thought I thought that we actually covered that question from a, from a very balanced point of view and just... Mm. He made some good points as well because, hey, what? Mm. You know what? He's a person, right? Mm. <laughs> you must have might... Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just about using the skill sets, the knowledge, the understanding... In, a, in new ways to move things forward. And something I will point out, now there is some ethics behind this, but a lot of the scientists who were behind the moon landings at the end of the 60s, if you believe, believe uh, we landed on the moon, but a lot of the scientists who got us there were actually na- scientists that worked for the Nazi party during the Second World War. And they were... They were captured, they were brought over to America, they were given um, uh, American citizenship in return for working on um, rockets and things. There's some ethics there, should they have done that, Um, but actually when you actually look at what they were working on, they were looking on, during the Second World War, they were working on weapons to kill people. The Americans and the British had scientists working on the same, same technology to kill the Germans. There's a lot of ethics there, but what I'm the point with this, we got, uh, if you believe we got to the moon, we got there bringing all sorts of people together. Rightly or wrongly, there was a whole mix of people on that uh, science background. That's quite, uh, when you talk about Nazism and stuff, oh, there's nothing positive about it. 
Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But that's just a point I think needs to be well made. If we get a group of people sat around a table from all different backgrounds, a lot can be achieved. You're, you're, you're talking about, so the one specific person, was, which is a Werner von Braun, who yep. actually developed the V2 rocket which was yep. particularly particularly hideous in the Second World War for Londoners and and for the for the east side of the UK. And the Apollo rockets were an evolution of that rocket. So the and yeah exactly. So he he was a rocket engineer. But the um also the whole Gemini program, which became before Apollo, which actually led to Apollo, was actually if I remember rightly, was using ballistic missiles, which would have yep. had um, which were nuclear weapons. Mm. Uh, in fact. And I'll dip into science fiction a little bit here, but Star Trek actually starts off, the whole story starts off by the end mm. of the Third World War. There's supposed to be a Third World War, which is nuclear weapons and mm. all that. But actually, the first ship that goes into warp and actually gets mm. attention of, the, of, of an alien species was, again, on top of this whole idea of it as like a nuclear weapon. So it's good, good had good did come out of it, yes. Whether yeah. or not you agreed with they should have, they should have, they should have actually... Uh, uh, being being allowed, so Werner, I understand, was a Nazi party member, for example. Mm. But mm. something good came out of it, didn't it? Yeah, maybe. There you go. Another qu- another answer. Another 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 episode done. Yeah, Stuart's waving his arms at me because I'm. Is it the other end of a of, of a, a Zoom call here? And well, well I thought we'd finished. <laughs> evidently, ha- evidently, we haven't. So we should we should, we should yeah. just sign off here. Say to say thanks for listening. Share this with fifteen of your friends. I'd say fair share with twenty. <laughs> It's always five more, isn't it? Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. We're going to be discussing a question from somebody almost across the other side of the world.